0: hello and welcome to mr president from otrgold.com this episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors
1: if i am elected to this office which i do not seek i will not be a party president i will be a president of all of the people President, starring Edward Arnold. (laughs) Mr. President, at home in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor. (laughs) These are little-known transcribed stories of the men who've lived in the White House dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President.
2: In a moment, we'll present Edward Arnold in tonight's Mr. President drama. You know, too many of us think of history as a boring collection of dull names, dates and places... We forget that historical figures were once living, breathing human beings... ...possessed of the same driving emotions that dominate our own times. They loved and hated, despired and dreamed, even as we do today. It's the loss of these humanizing qualities that makes so many history texts... ...mere listings of dry statistics. In the preparation of the Mr. President scripts, on the other hand... ...every effort is made to bring you not only carefully checked facts... ...but with them the color and atmosphere of the times in which each episode takes place... If after hearing tonight's story, you had the feeling that you've been transported back through time for an actual visit to the period and place in which it occurred, these efforts will have succeeded. Now for tonight's drama starring Edward Arnold, and see if you can name the president upon whom this episode is based.
1: It was a January day in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. In a rose covered cottage, the newly elected president and his wife were getting ready to leave for their new residence in Washington. Oh,
0: dear. Why did this have to happen to us? Well, I'm
1: still trying to figure it out myself, Peggy. I guess it's what the people wanted.
0: Well, it isn't what I wanted. I wish you'd declined the nomination. Well,
1: I tried to, my dear, but when the people want you to serve, it seems a little ungrateful to turn your back on them.
0: I know, but I do wish you'd lost the election.
1: It may not be too bad. Other people have lived in the White House before without being miserable.
0: Oh, but not our kind of people. We'll have to be dressing up all the time and putting on company manners. Oh, dear. Now,
1: don't you fret about that. They'll take us as we are or they can stay away. We're not dressing up or putting on airs for anybody.
0: That's what you say now. Didn't you order two suits made by that New Orleans tailor?
1: Well, yes, but only because Colonel Bliss made uh, such a big fuss about how I couldn't wear this homespun suit in Washington. That reminds me, those suits should be getting here pretty soon. If they don't, I'll have to leave without them.
0: It breaks my heart to think of leaving here. After all those years of living at Army posts in the wilderness, we finally get a nice home with a garden and friendly folk all around us, and what happens? We have to go to Washington.
1: I'm a soldier, Peggy. I have to go where they send me. It'll only be for four years.
0: It seems such a shame. If only that nominating committee hadn't sent you a second letter notifying you about it.
1: Ah, It was a lucky thing for them they put postage on the second one. I hope I put them in their place when I refuse the, to accept that first letter. If anybody wants to write me, they pay the postage.
0: Do you suppose they'll think you're kind of close?
1: I don't care if they do. I am close. I have to be. Those fellows in Washington don't realize how many years I've been scrimping and saving to pay off that note I signed for a friend.
0: Yes, and it's cost you $20,000. But you didn't have to pay. You could have gotten out of it.
1: Sure, but I don't do business that way. Anything I sign, I'm good for. Oh, that reminds me, Peggy. That box of old papers in the closet. You'll be sure to pack them along, too.
0: My lands, what do you want those old papers for? They've all got writing on them.
1: Only on one side. I might have to do a lot of writing in the White House. No sense in me or the government having to buy new paper. Oh. That's wasting money.
0: Whatever you say, dear. Oh, my sake, you've lost another button from your coat.
1: Good mm-hmm. oh, goodness, sure I have? I don't know what happens to buttons with me. They just seem to pop off.
0: Well, you're not as slim as you used to be. I have my button box right here. I take off your coat, dear, and I will sew a new button on.
1: Let me see what kind of a button you're sewing on first.
0: Why, this one. It's a good straw one. Are
1: oh, You sure it's a button made in this country? I won't have any cloth or buttons not made in America.
0: It's American, dear. I bought it at Smith's Dry Goods store.
1: All right, then. Here's the code.
0: Oh, that sounds like Colonel Bliss by his knock.
1: I'll never be able to figure out how you can tell who's at the door by the way they're not. Don't get up, my dear. Don't get up. I'll, I'll let him in.
0: Well, he's been into town. Maybe he's brought some news.
1: Oh, come in, Colonel. How are you today, Mr. President? Oh, I'd feel better if I didn't have to leave. Don't stand there with your arms full of packages. Come on in. Sit down. Sit down. Thank
0: you, sir. What's in the packages, William? Oh,
1: Hello. Well, I see you're sewing on buttons again.
0: <laughs> He's always losing them.
1: Well, he'll have plenty of new buttons to lose. I met the messenger bringing these suits from Jessup, the tailor, and so I just brought them in myself. Well, good. It's about time. Let's see what they look like, hmm? What Jessup's boy tells me, a lot of men went in to see these suits he was making for you. Oh, well, it's none of their business. Let's have a look.
0: Oh, I think they're very nice. But what's in the pockets?
1: Uh, what, what makes them both so? Why, these are letters. That's what I was going to tell you, sir. Apparently, Jessup made himself a tidy sum charging the office seekers who wanted to put letters in your pockets. These are all letters from office seekers? In my new suits? They start early. You
0: see what you'll have to go through from now on. Oh, I do wish you hadn't been elected. I know we won't like Washington. (laughs)
1: Are you up rather early, Mr. President? Early? This isn't early, Mr. Crawford. It's the middle of the morning. I've been at work since six. Every day this week, too. But what on earth for? Oh, to interview the people who want jobs, of course. Seems like everybody in the country wants to work for the government. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the penalties of being an incoming president. But maybe you're being too conscientious about these nuisances. Oh, I have to talk to everybody who wants to see me, don't I? I'm president of all the people. True enough, but the word has gone around that you're being kind to a fault, sir. Job seekers are unduly encouraged. I'm told that if you don't kick a man downstairs, he goes away and declares you promised him an office. Well, I don't like to hurt anyone's feelings. But if a man gets a job from me, he knows it right away. Well, Mr. Crawford, I'm glad of this chance to get better acquainted with one of my new cabinet officers. Pleasure's mine, sir. I want to thank you again for appointing me Secretary of War. Uh, You made a good record as a governor, and I'm sure you'll do equally well in this post. Oh, uh, Mr. Crawford, we have a few problems with those new western states. I should say we do, sir. Quite a fuss going on between north and south as to whether the new states should be slave or free. Yes, I know, I know. But I was elected to serve all the people and not to help one section of the country against another. But I thought you were devoted to the interests of the south, sir, like me. You own a plantation yourself. You know our problem. Well, the North has its problems too, Mr. Crawford. I don't see why we have to have a tug of war and a balance of power with each new state admitted to the Union. How can you avoid it? Let the citizens of the new lands decide what kind of government they want. Nature itself and their needs will help them decide. You take the new Southwest New Mexico... I want you to send a military officer to keep order down there until a territorial government can be established. You'll be accused of high-handed dictatorial methods? No doubt, but I can stand it. They'll say you want to dictate what form of government New Mexico shall have. Let them say what they please. I know just the opposite is true. What about Texas? I know there's a large group there that wants to extend their boundaries to take in almost half of New Mexico. Texas has a pretty big state right now. If its people get any more land, they'll have to do it legally. You send out that military officer to New Mexico. As you wish, Mr. President. Thank you. Are you still
0: busy, Mr. President?
1: Well, we were just finishing, my dear. Come in, come in. Uh, I want you to meet Mr. Crawford. This is my wife, sir. It's a great pleasure, madam.
0: Well, thank you. I'm happy to meet you.
1: You two have to have a lot in common, you know. You're both my secretaries of war. (laughs) That remark may lead to war, sir. Well, what
0: a (laughs) thing to say. What will Mr. Crawford say? Mr.
1: Crawford knows I'm only teasing you, Peggy. Of course I do. Well, I'll have to run along now. I've enjoyed our meeting, madam. Good day, Mr. President. Good day, Mr. Crawford. And you send that officer right out now. I will.
0: Now, aren't you going to take time out for breakfast, dear?
1: Oh, a little while, baby. A little while. I still have some work to do.
0: My goodness, can't it wait? You've been working from early morning till late at night. Even a president is entitled to some time off for meals.
1: Oh, well, I'm too stout.
0: And... Now, you're not at all. No.
1: Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask Congress to lower the postal rates.
0: Oh, well, will Congress do it?
1: I think so. Now that this country finally has postage stamps, it's a shame that we should have different rates according to distance. Poor people like to write letters, too.
0: Well, you should know. you get plenty of
1: them. Anybody in the country should have the right to send a letter to the president. And he should be able to afford it, too. Letter writing shouldn't be a privilege of the rich.
0: You're right, dear. What postal rate will you ask
1: for? Well, I think five cents should be enough for a single letter, no matter what distance it's going. I think more people will write letters and the Treasury will make just as much money out of it as they do now.
0: Of course, you can send your letters free.
1: Yes, but I I won't always be president. I hope not.
0: (laughs) It isn't like our home in Baton Rouge here. Oh, dear.
1: Look, you've
0: mm. lost another button. And off your new suit. Oh,
1: no, man. Oh, no, you sister. Somehow I just can't keep track of buttons.
0: I know you've been losing them for 40 years. Let me have that coat.
1: Well, Peggy, you've been sewing them on for 40 years, and that seems like a fair division of labor. <laughs> I've just come from the house, sir. There's been quite a sharp debate about your military government in New Mexico. I expected there would be, Colonel Bliss. My enemies there claim I'm trying to settle the entire slavery question single-handed. Today the charge was that you've exerted your influence and the coercion of military force to get the kind of government you want. Not the kind I want, Colonel, and not the kind the South wants either. Simply the kind of government New Mexico wants. Will you reply to the charges, Mr. President? Of course I will. We have to make clear to the congressman that any attempt to deny to the people of New Mexico the right of self-government will be looked on by them as an invasion of their rights. Now, uh, here, I've made some notes on the subject. Would you mind whipping them into shape? Yes, sir. There's something else that will interest you. Mm-hmm. What's that? There's trouble in the Southwest, sir. Texas doesn't like having the military government in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. If New Mexico is satisfied, I am. This is not the concern of Texas? We have word that they're making it their concern, sir. Certain Texans don't like the idea of settlers rushing into New Mexico as they've been doing. And they like your military garrison even less. There's talk that Texas will send an armed force into the land to take over what they demand. Texas will send no armed force into New Mexico while I am president. As things stand now, no court has jurisdiction. So the Congress must find some way of adjusting this matter. In the meantime, I am not going to let any group of land grabbers take things into their own hands. Texas is supported by most of the southern states, sir. And New Mexico is supported by most of the north. And my job is to preserve and to protect the Union. Colonel Bliss, there's only one thing to be done right now. What's that, sir? Send more soldiers to the military government to New Mexico. But reinforcements at this time may start trouble. And prevent a greater trouble in the future. I believe the Texans will think twice about invading a land which strong federal troops are guarding. Prepare the order for the reinforcements. In just a moment, we'll come back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President.
2: You may never have felt the pangs of hunger, but millions of Europeans have. You may never have had the experience of heartbreak in having to tell a child there's nothing to eat but millions of Europeans have. You fortunately do not have to put up with Europe's hardships, but you can help those who do through care. Care packages are the most efficient, most economical way to send food and clothing abroad on a person-to-person basis. Care guarantees delivery of any one of its different types of food and clothing packages to individuals in Europe or Japan designated by you. Now, plus the familiar $10 package... CARE has a $5.95 budget food package for delivery in 11 European countries. Mail your check or money order to CARE New York. Specify the type of package you want and give your name and address and the name and address of the recipient. Remember, through CARE you can send more for less. Now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. <laughs>
1: Have you figured out yet who the president was when these events were taking place? They really did happen, you know. The president's determination to send more soldiers to New Mexico was to meet with considerable opposition. Some of it came from his own cabinet. Mr. President, I've read your order to send more troops to New Mexico. Brings me great distress. I think it's the only course, Mr. Crawford. I question whether it's a wise order this time, sir. You know the temper of the Texans. Indeed I do. That's a good reason in itself for reinforcing our New Mexican garrison. You are under criticism now, Mr. President, for assuming military authority in this new southwestern area. If you send more soldiers, it will add to the arguments of your critics. Oh, fiddlesticks. My critics never lack arguments. You know, of course, that if Texas gains the territory it demands in this boundary dispute, that the question of whether New Mexico comes in as a slave or a free state will automatically be avoided. Avoided? By settling it in favor of the South? I am from the South, sir. So am I, sir. And I tell you, we settle nothing if New Mexico falls victim to Texas' ambition. It will only stir up bitter strife in the North. I'm the head of a union of states, Mr. Crawford. And by thunder, it'll remain a union. What if this action precipitates a clash? What if Texans and government forces do battle? That is a bridge we'll cross when we come to it. I don't believe we'll ever come to it. I have reason to believe that we will. Mr. Crawford, I am not here to argue this matter. It is my best judgment that the boundary question will be settled by legal means. And to assure that, I want more soldiers sent to New Mexico. You will sign the order, please. I'm sorry, Mr. President, but I cannot sign this order. Then by heavens, I'll sign it myself! Mr. Crawford. Oh, hello, Congressman. Congressman. What can I do for you? We are fellow Georgians, Mr. Crawford. I'd like to know what you think of the President's disgraceful behavior in ordering more troops to New Mexico. Well, I've been against the order, Mr. Stevens, but the President is an old soldier. He likes his own way. Well, he'll not get it, sir. Did you see this article in the National Intelligencer? Yes, I have say a battle is about to take place between Texans and government forces. They back up the president's action in their editorial, however. They will publish my answer to that editorial, sir. I deny that it's the right or the duty of the United States Army to interfere or to prevent Texas from extending her jurisdiction. I may be inclined to agree personally, Mr. Stevens, but uh, I'm a cabinet officer. I'm afraid I can do very little to help you while I occupy this office. This may mean war, sir. The first federal gun that shall be fired against the people of Texas without the authority of the law will be a signal for all free men from Delaware to the Rio Grande to rally to the rescue. I don't know what can be done to stop it. Well, I do. If the president does what he proposes to do, actually sends these troops to New Mexico, he will be impeached. Mr. Stevens, you go too far. Who will impeach him? I will, sir. Nobody else does. I was one of those who helped put him into the White House because I believed he would act like a true southerner. Why, he's almost as bad as an abolitionist, sir. But what we make, we can break, even if he's the president. to set up such a hue and cry before anything has happened. Are they spoiling for war?
0: Sit down, dear. You've been pacing about for hours. I'm not
1: tired. The colossal impudence of these hotheads who want to use Texas as a vehicle for war.
0: Mr. President, Hmm? you are wearing out the carpet.
1: I am? Hmm, Well, you can't let that happen to government property. Carpets cost money. I'll sit down, my dear.
0: Thank you. I'm tired just watching you pace back and forth. I
1: know, my dear. This has all been very unpleasant for you, too, and I'm very sorry.
0: Oh, it just makes me sick the way you've been working night and day to do for the country and then to see such ingratitude.
1: Well, some people are grateful for what's been accomplished. Good people, too. Can't please everybody.
0: The way they are talking about you in Congress and writing about you in the newspapers. A body would think you were an enemy of the people. Well,
1: I am an enemy of those people who think of themselves first and the Union second.
0: I often ask myself if it was for this that we left our good friends and our nice home in Baton Rouge. Why did we do it?
1: Because the people wanted me here, Peggy. I've been a public servant all my life. I go where I'm sent. Oh,
0: such a lovely garden I had at home. And I could tend the flowers myself and nobody thought anything about it. I wouldn't dare do it here. It wouldn't be fitting for a president's wife. People would talk.
1: Well, let them. If it makes you happier to put around in the garden, my dear, you just go ahead and do it. They talk about mighty riding a horse around, too. But I don't care. It's good exercise.
0: Life was so much simpler in Louisiana.
1: We'll be back there, Peggy. We won't be in Washington forever. If some of these firebrands had their way, we wouldn't be here at all.
0: It'd almost be worth it. Our magnolias must be in full bloom there these days.
1: And I'll bet the fish are biting in the creek. My dear, why don't you take a little trip back home?
0: But what about you? Oh, I have
1: to stay here, but there's no reason why you can't go back.
0: What, and leave you here among the wolves? No, I can't do that. Besides, who will sew on your buttons if I'm not here? (laughs) Oh, Mr. President.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. What is it? Have I lost another button? No,
0: but there's a tear in your coat.
1: There is? Where? Oh, well, so there is. That must have happened when I was riding early this morning.
0: Did you wear your new broadcloth suit on horseback? My goodness, when will you learn? Here, let me have it. I have my sewing basket right here.
1: Oh, thank you, my dear. You're so clever. I know the rip won't show just a little bit when you're sewing. <laughs> oh,
0: now, don't you try to soft-soap me with your praises. You still shouldn't wear your good suit for writing.
1: Well, that's true. Uh, I'm not going to have suits made every year. Oh, and by, by the way, you want to hear some good news?
0: I certainly do.
1: The White House is going to have that new gas lighting.
0: no. All
1: over? In every room. No more candles dripping or whale oil smelling up the place.
0: Why, that's wonderful news. But won't it be expensive? Oh,
1: I guess it will. I wouldn't have ordered it myself, but they did it without asking me. Now, do you still want to go back to Baton Rouge?
0: Yes, dear. But I'll wait. Here's your coat. Now, how does it
1: look? Oh, that looks fine. You can't even tell where it was torn. <laughs> I hope I can keep the states together as well as you keep my clothes together.
2: <laughs> Come in. President, Congressman Stevens is here to see you.
1: Oh, well, you better keep your sewing basket handy, Peggy. The fur may be flying. Send him in, Colonel Bliss. Yes,
0: sir. I'd better go. Or I might say something unladylike.
1: That's all right, my dear. I'll probably talk ungentlemanly. Goodbye, Peggy. Oh, your servant man.
0: Congressman.
1: Mr. President. Have a chair, Mr. Stevens. What I have to say is best said standing. Mr. President, I wish to ask you, sir. Do you want this country torn apart by war? No, Mr. Stevens, I do not. Do you? Of course not. But why do you act in a manner calculated to inflame the citizens of Texas and thereby the entire South? Congressman, a military officer was sent to Santa Fe to enable the New Mexicans to hold a constitutional convention. That is the right and privilege of these people who soon hope to be admitted into the Union as a state. Not according to the Texas viewpoint, sir. It believes the disputed territory should become counties of Texas. I know. I know. There's been enough pressure on me to know very well what the Texas viewpoint is. It is my opinion that Texas is not justified in her extreme claims. I will not stand for any seizure of territory. You claim the right to settle the boundary issue by yourself? No, I do not. I say such settlement is the duty of Congress or the Supreme Court. In the meantime, to assure an honest legal settlement, I have ordered the troops in New Mexico to be reinforced and directed that no armed force from Texas be permitted to go into that territory. This, Mr. President, is a criminal folly that will lead to war. And the consequences will be on your own heads. Oh, sir. you speak in the voice of doom, sir but I see no reason to hail you as a prophet. If you want prophetic words, I will give them to you. If one shot is fired against the people of Texas, you will have launched a war. The cause of Texas will be the cause of the entire South, and you will learn that 15 states of this union with seven millions of people cannot be easily conquered. Mr. Stevens, you appear to forget that I am from the South myself. It is not I who forgets it, sir. I know the temper, the strength, and the frailty of the South as well as you. Better, perhaps, since I've lived longer than you, congressman. I say there will be no war. The New Mexicans will peacefully decide what type of government they desire. The boundary issue will be resolved by peaceful, legal means. Not if you persist in sending more troops. Southern officers will refuse to obey your orders if you send troops to Coerce, Texas. Then I will command the army in person. And I will hang any man who is taken in treason against the Union. And by what right do you take unto yourself such power? The President is the Commander-in-Chief of the Army and the Navy of the United States, sir. For the protection of the Union and its citizens, he is not required to give his reasons to any man. This, then, is what comes of putting a soldier in the White House. The responsibility for what happens is on you, Mr. President. I will accept all the responsibility, Mr. Stevens. You are too quick to anticipate trouble. There will be no trouble unless you stir it up. Well, these are the latest dispatches, Mr. President. There was no disturbance of any kind, Colonel Bliss? None at all, sir. (laughs) Your course was very wise. It's the only thing to do. It isn't the President's job to play favorites to help one side against the other. If only these calamity howlers could have seen that, we we might have been spared a lot of unpleasantness. The troops moved into New Mexico without an incident. The Texans made no effort to cross the border. Well, no thanks to our hot-blooded friends in Congress. They'd have turned it into a war. Thank heavens the people in the Southwest have more sanity than some of their leaders. To tell you the truth, now that it's over, I was a little frightened myself. You took a bold course, sir. You know, Colonel... Many years ago, I learned that when you're right and you know it, you have to stand firm. You can't retreat or you're lost. Well, sir, the excitement has subsided. New Mexico will be organized as a territory before long, and men like Horace Mann and Abraham Lincoln in Congress are applauding your judgment. Eh, solid men, both of them. They don't retreat when the odds are against them. You know, I think they'll amount to something someday, and I'm sure America will need men like that many men like that, in the troubled years ahead. Well, you've probably figured out by now who the president was when all that happened. It really did happen,
2: you know, and you'll have the answer in just a moment. Motorist, this message concerns you. It concerns your safety, the safety of those who ride with you and of the pedestrian. The point is simple. Everyone knows that at this time of year, you have to take special precautions with your car. But it's necessary to take special precautions with yourself, too. You have to consider the conditions of the roads and of your equipment when snow and ice hit. Get the feel of the road when you start out on any given day and adjust your speed to those conditions. Make sure that your headlights, defrosters, and windshield wipers are in A1 condition. Use tire chains for driving on snow and ice. Pump your brakes to slow down or stop instead of jamming into a skid. And lastly, give the car ahead plenty of leeway. The National Safety Council sums it up with keep your wits and your windshield clear. Now, here is Edward Arnold.
1: And how do you find the White House now, my dear?
0: It's just wonderful. The East Room is all redecorated and newly carpeted, and these new chandeliers are so
1: handsome. And how about the new gaslight?
0: Oh, it's ever so much better. I can see everything more clearly. <laughs> and Mr. President. Yes, dear. I can see that you've torn another button off your suit. Oh,
1: well, oh, well. Maybe we didn't need this new light after all.
0: I think we did, husband. And I'm not speaking only of this gaslight. I think New Mexico and all of the nation will be happy for the light of peace that shines over the land because we've had a beacon like Zachary Taylor to guide us.
1: Be with us again next week, won't you, for another interesting story that happened in Washington a few years ago to Mr. President. Until then, goodbye.
2: This transcribed program was produced and directed by Dick Woolen. Mr. President was created by
1: Robert G. Jennings and written by Dave Noenson. Appearing in our cast were Jeanette Nolan, Herbert Butterville, Joseph Kearns, and your narrator, Ted Osborne. Today's story was based on incidents in the life of President Zachary Taylor.
2: Be sure to listen again next week when the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Edward Arnold with another interesting and factual story of Mr. President, Richard Tufeld speaking. This program came to you from Hollywood. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.